What's going to happen is in a few minutes, um, we're going to actually have a, uh, a bunch of our friends, some seasoned adults, some young adults, and Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. <laughs> also a young adult. Um, <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Uh, they're going to come up, and um, they're just going to share. They're going to talk. Um, they're going to process this concept of friendship. And what has God done in their lives and what has God made and, and calling us into on this topic of friendship. But before they come up, um, thank you guys. You're doing a great job. This looks fantastic. Um, yeah, clap for them. Yeah. The best thing you did tonight was this. <laughs> I love you, Jake. I love you, Jake. Okay. <laughs> um, the... Uh, before they come up, though, I just want to take a few short moments and kind of give a recap. Um, we've spent three weeks here in Young Adults in the YA services talking about friendship and kind of what we see in the scriptures and what God is revealing to us and calling us into as we think of friendship and as we enter friendships. Um, and so I just want to recap it. I'm going to take about 10 minutes. We're going to walk through it um, so that we're all on the same page, so that we're all working with the same deck of cards. All right. So Friendship. We've been in it for three weeks. Uh, in the first week, we were talking about the, the, just the reality that we are made for friendship. We're made for relationships, sorry. Even more important, or actually equally important, I'm getting lost. We'll keep going. We were made for relationship. We were made for relationship. We were built for relationship. Uh, we looked at Genesis 1 and 2, and the God who created us in his likeness like he is relational in nature, and so he made us relational in nature. When we talked about relationships and that friendship, friendship is the process of healthy and meaningful relationships. Friendship is the process. If you remember, we talked a lot about uh, the idea that it's a process. It's not something that you just, well, we've completed and now we're friends and it's going. It's actually something you enter into. It's something that can grow. It's something that can dissipate. It's something that must be maintained. It's a process. We also talked about just the reality that friendship is at the, at the baseline of any healthy and meaningful relationship. That includes marriage, like a healthy and meaningful marriage at the foundation of that, of how it started and then how it's sustained is this process of friendship. Yeah. Same is true of parent-child relationships, especially adults, adult children and parents, that a healthy and meaningful relationship will reflect the realities of friendship and that process of going through it. We looked at the two Hebrew or the two words that are used most often in the scriptures to talk about friendship. One is the Hebrew word ra, and that's mostly used in the Old Testament, and the Greek word philos, which is used in the New Testament. And kind of looking through that, it kind of came out with these three main components of friendship as we see in the scriptures, and it is trust, intimacy, and affection. Trust, intimacy, and affection. Again, it's a process. These three things are, are not something you just accomplish. They're something that you continue in. Um, they're things that can grow. They're things that can wane depending on the process itself. And one very important thing, time. Time is a factor here. It's always a factor. Week two, the second week, Brian Howard spoke and he addressed friendship as we see it modeled in Jesus. Uh, Jesus perfectly embodied this process of friendship. And there's so much we can learn just by looking at him and his interactions with the disciples and the people around him. And Brian uh, really zoomed in on the disciple Peter. And we looked at 1 Peter 1, 22 through 2, 3. Uh, that here's Peter, this man who walked with Jesus, who saw Jesus interact with others and interacted with him 
in amazing ways. And so we looked at what did Peter see? What did Peter remember? And how does that come out in this letter that he wrote to these churches? Brian listed off a number of things. One, uh, I'll just going to walk through them real quick. And it's that Peter saw how Jesus loved others. He saw Jesus eat with a man everyone considered a sinner. He saw Jesus treat an outcast woman with kindness and compassion. He saw Jesus befriend people of all generations. He saw Jesus speak the truth and grace to the woman caught in adultery. Peter probably remembered how Jesus loved him, that Jesus initiated relationship with him. Jesus took the first step. Jesus challenged Peter. He confronted him on things. He loved him enough to call out what was not good in him. It's a key component of friendship. Jesus comforted Peter, another key component. Jesus restored the relationship with Peter, even when Peter was the one who broke it. He went out of his way to restore the relationship, even though Peter didn't deserve it. Jesus is the perfect model of friendship, the perfect example for us. And all of these things that Peter saw and remembered would have informed what he was writing and the ministry he did in the years that followed. And so Brian, using that, reflected on the warnings Peter gave to the churches about God-honoring community, about what it takes and what is going to undermine it. And he pointed out these five things. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Now, these are five things Peter never experienced with Jesus. Five things he never saw in Jesus. And I just want to say for all of us, the same is true for anyone in here. If you're wrestling with that, that's understandable. This life is hard. But I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he's for you. And he will not leave you. I think go to 1 Corinthians 13, that love never fails. It always perseveres. And that's the sort of love that Jesus has. It's patient. It's kind. Man, he is for you. He is with you. And he's given us to be with you in that. So if you're wrestling with this, is that when you think of God and you think of these things, don't hold that in. Talk to one of us. Talk through with the people around you. Share it. Because God gave you the people around you to help you. He's in them and with, with you through them. So anyway, Peter never saw these five things in Jesus. And these are five things that will ruin friendships. These are five things that will break trust. They will discourage int intimacy and they will diminish affection. So hence, he gave the warning about them to the churches. Have nothing to do with malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Brian also wrapped up the, the sermon that night talking about uh, acknowledging for all of us that most people choose friendships that comfort but do not confront. But Jesus' followers choose friendships that both comfort and confront. I wish I could take credit for that. That was Brian Hart. That's good. Yeah. I'm just reading what he wrote. So, why? Why does this matter? Well, we want to be a people who embody grace and truth just like our Lord Jesus. We want to personally foster grace and truth within ourselves and in all of the relationships we have, that it, they may be full of grace and truth, both of them, so that we may accurately reflect our Lord and Savior. Then week three, last week, Brian Howard walked through Romans 12, and we reflected on brotherhood and sisterhood. The reality of, of we are made into a family when we accept Jesus. That we as a church are actually a family connected to, with the depth of family. Even the people we don't like, we're with them. And they're with us no matter what. 
talked about the embrace of brotherhood and sisterhood and how that mirrors God's embrace and is animated by it as we delight in each other. And, and that when we delight in each other, we're in fact delighting in him. And delight, let's kind of look at that for a moment. Is, oh, delight is genuine joy in another's presence. Genuine joy in another, another's presence. What we saw in Romans 12, the way that was worded, Paul uses the word sincere love, or that's the way it's translated at least. Sincere love. To be sincere, to have genuine joy in being in their presence, to delight in them. And that's not something that's contingent on circumstances. We can delight in one another. We can have joy in being with each other. We can have sincere love for one another, even on the hardest, worst day you've ever been in. To be alongside someone in that. And in the best day ever, to be alongside them in that. To, to delight in them. To be joyful in being in their presence. For those seasoned adults, I know you know about this. Dick, it's close to his heart. It's close to his heart. So, I'm lost. Great. Thank you for your patience. So, delight, joy, sincere love is a key building block of friendship. It's a key building block of brotherhood and sisterhood, something where we choose to be with one another, we choose to champion one another in all circumstances. Uh, we rounded out that night looking at Romans 12, 10 to 13, and it says this, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. This is what the family of God does for one another. This is what the family of God does for one another. And that, of course, brings us to this week. We're going to have our friends come up in a moment, but... I just want to reflect on, on that family, the reality of us as family, the reality that Jesus says that the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. That's a heavy thing, an important thing. It's a high calling, a worthwhile calling. So we're family, right? Every one of us in here, we're family. If you know Jesus, if you put your faith in his death, burial, and resurrection, what that means for your life, we're in this together, man. We're arm in arm. We're arm in arm. Those ties, those familial ties are something that God has given each one of us. He's, he has given it. And they go, beyond all, they go beyond all the other things that could divide us. Anything that could divide us is secondary. It's secondary to the fact that we are family, that we are adopted into God's family, that that is my brother or that is my sister. That comes first. All those other divisions, all those other things that might separate us or make us think differently about someone else or think I'm different than someone else, that's secondary. It comes after. I, I love that. Uh, what's written in Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 26 to 28, Paul writes this. He's writing to the church there, and they had a lot going on. And he says this, So in Christ Jesus... You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Like what, it, what might have divided them, the things that were actually dividing them, they're secondary. 
They, 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 they are meaningless when compared to the unity, the alignment we have as children of God, that we are united in Christ Jesus. I mean, I think about like, what is it, when we, when we put our faith in Jesus, what, is, what, what changes? Everything. Yeah. Everything. Like, why am I here? What am I doing? How do I do this stuff? How do I go about life? All of it, all of it falls into line and it takes time and it's a process and we're imperfect, but we're all in this process of coming before him and kneeling and saying, I'm not worthy, but yet you've, you've extended your hand to lift me up. And from that place, we are secured in his love in a way that nothing else in all the world could ever secure us. No romantic relationship, no fixed anxiety issue, none of that stuff will actually secure you the way Jesus' love can secure you. The assurance of what he's done for you because to acknowledge that I am not worthy and I've got nothing to offer. I've got nothing to offer. And yet, for some mind-boggling reason, he still says, I see you, Brian, and I love you. I'm with you. That just removes anything that could trip us up. That removes anything that makes me wobbly. And the thing is, when we come across other people who are in that same place, there's, there's a unity that forms there almost instantly. And sometimes it's even just the work of the Spirit. I, I've, for if you've been walking with Jesus for some time, I'm sure you've experienced that at some point where you're just like, whatever, standing in line at the grocery store or sitting on the airplane, you're just like, do you know Jesus? <laughs> it's like, I knew it. Yeah. Something about, I just knew it. Yeah. And the foundation of friendship that we get because of, of what God has given us, what he's secured us unto. I love what Dick says, that Jesus secures us unto risk. He secures us so that we might go out and risk. And, and then the risk we have, that we can do that shoulder to shoulder with others, it just makes it like so easy to be friends. And you might be like, you haven't been sitting in this room. Friendship's hard. It is, it is, because we're imperfect. But man, it's so much better with Jesus and with the people who also have Jesus. Because we're aligned in what we're doing and what we're chasing after. And, and we're aligned in the things that we can, the comforting and the confronting. There's space to do that because we're on the same team. We're going the same direction. And even if I'm walking this way, my friend knows, Brian, that's not where you want to go. You're going this way because this is where Jesus is going. And I know that's what you want. And I can do the same for them. That was total side note. Sorry. Not sorry, actually. Thankful for that. So the point is, we are united in a way that transcends all other categories. Male, female, all of them. It transcends all of them. And one thing that was not pertinent in Paul's day here in Galatia, that is very pertinent in our day, and maybe wasn't pertinent for all of history until maybe about 100 years ago, is, is this division that has come between ages. And I could add into this for our context, for our time, that there's no longer Gen X and Gen Z. There's no longer Boomer and Millennial. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We're on the same team. We're brothers and sisters from other mothers, of course, <laughs> and seasons and decades and all that stuff. But we're together in this. We need one another. You know, that's why seasoned adults... We're glad you're here tonight. That's why we invited you. And by the way, you're all invited to their hangout and shindig on Sunday morning. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> all right. So 
I just want to make this real clear. Uh, Remember, friendship's a process. Processes take time. How are we going to build friendships if we don't spend time together? We put that in. And so I want to encourage you. They have gone out of their way. They, they, were, they risked in coming here to YA tonight. Let's do the same and risk in going into their place that they have offered and invited us into and see what God makes of this. So Sunday at 1030, this Sunday, like three days away, this Sunday at 1030, um, Salt Company, room 1100, be there. Show up. I don't know what you should expect other than just being like, let's see what God has in mind. Who am I going to meet? And what's he going to do with this? Show up ready to see what God has in mind to do. So Sunday, this Sunday, 1030. You got it? Phone's out? Calendar? Anyone? Okay. I know, I know a lot of people in here are going, so I just want to encourage you. Uh, those that are going, encourage other people to go too. Okay? Great. Uh, so... For those of us within the church who have been baptized and put our faith, our life in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and what that means for all, for the, for all of us, these things that used to divide us, the things that make us different, they shouldn't weaken our bond with one another. They shouldn't weaken our bond with one another. What God intends to do is actually quite the contrary. What he intends is that those things that make us different that those are what God is going to use to advance his kingdom within us and through us. The things that make us different are what God is going to use to advance his kingdom within us and through us. Like we are brothers and sisters and we don't get to choose who's in the family and who isn't. We're in the same family, so we might as well get on with loving one another and knowing one another, right? John 13, 35, where Jesus says, the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. I just want to call to court some of us in the room. And maybe the Spirit's already doing it. I believe he is. What is your definition of one another? What is your definition of one another? Is it those that are already your friends? Is it those who come here to YA or to Salt Company? Or is it those who are just like you? Is that what one another means? I don't think it's what Jesus meant. When he said one another, he meant the whole church. The whole church. And I mean, to think big, that might even mean like, right, like the church in Peru or Alabama. (laughs) And we ought to think big like that. Like if the world is going to know that we are his disciples because of how we love one another, one another, the whole church, how are we loving the whole church? We got to think big. I bring that up because it's on purpose, but also let's talk more close at home, like tonight, right here and now. How are we doing at loving one another? How are we doing? You know what's unfortunate? I lost a page. (laughs) No, it's okay. You know, (laughs) here we are. The thing is, God intends so much more for us. He intends so much more for us. And the reason we're here is because of what God has done for us. And he wants to bring about the fullness of his kingdom in this world. And it only comes about when we are all together in it. 
Like the fullness of God's kingdom will not happen without intergenerational friendship. It won't happen because the full expression of his body is, it needs to be the whole body put together. It needs to not just be the hand over there going, I'm a hand, where are my hands at? You know, like we got to come together as the full body of Christ. And yes, God is doing things and he's moving, but how much more will he do when we come together? What, how much more could he do when he takes what, what the God has done in the people who have gone ages before us and what God is doing in the people that are coming after you? What will he do with that? Uh, it's mind-boggling, but let's not miss out on it. <laughs> like, I want the fullness of the kingdom for each and every one of you. I want the fullness of the kingdom of God for you. I want it for me. I want it for our church. And so this is a part of it, however awkward it might be at times, to step into friendship, into relationship with people that aren't in our category. But to see what God does with it, what he intends to do. And I can just say, I'm thankful God led Dick and I to be friends, <laughs> uh, kind of prepping the way for him and I to kind of, he's like, if, well, if you guys are going to call people to this, I want you to experience it first. And I'm thankful to have a friend like you, Dick. And like, to, to go through this past year with you has been so meaningful to me. And I'm thankful it's gone the other way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, cool. It's great. <laughs> he was nodding. Uh, but the point is, like, I can call, I want to call all of you into this because I've experienced it. I've experienced it and the, and the beauty and the goodness of it mutual friendship with people that, that have walked a different life than myself, specifically around this concept of age, of intergenerational friendship. There's so much importance for it, and it will change our church. It'll change the church. So let's let other people talk about this stuff. Um, Sarah and everybody else, come on up. Um, you can make your way up. So, as they come up... Um, Sarah will introduce them each, but I just want you guys to know, like, these are, these are people who we pretty much just were like, hey, would you be willing to talk? <laughs> and they're like, sure. So they're coming up here sharing a bit of themselves, and that's bold, and that's brave, and they're uh, trusting Jesus in it. And so I just want you to, let's encourage them. Let's yeah. delight in them. Let's be grateful for what God has done. So <laughs> welcome them up. Good to be with you guys. So, yeah, my name is Sarah. If we haven't met before, I get to work with Brian and the YA team. And yes, YA team, young adults. Um, but I am a young adult, if he didn't clarify that earlier. But we're excited, um, yeah, to really be doing what we just talked about, um, to be in friendship with one another. And earlier, I know, Brian, you said for me to introduce everyone, but I think in the spirit of John 13, I'd love actually for us to kind of go around and just for to introduce ourselves, to say who we are, kind of where we're at in life, um, so you can get to know uh, my new friends just as um, I have. So, Ken, would you like to start? Still your first question, I'm sorry. Sure. If I'm broadcasting, yes. <laughs> uh, my name is Ken Moore. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, you're going to be good. 
Um, I'm 87 years old. Woo! Uh, that, there it is. <laughs> uh, I had paid my dues. I've been a Christian for a long time, mm. since I was about eight years old. And um, I, I had paid my dues, as I said, uh, being active in the church all that time. And it was time for me to sit back and enjoy things until Dick came along. Uh, <laughs> he has sorry. some weird belief that we are still of value to God and that he's going mm. to use us. Yeah. Um, that is good. I could go on for about 30 minutes right there. But to some of you who don't know me, it's okay. Uh, my daughter, Mary Kay Altizer teaches at uh, Oaks Christian, mm. as does my son-in-law, Jim Altizer, if you happen to have been on staff or, or known something there. Um, I think I will, I, I really am honored to be here, and that was a fabulous worship service. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take that amen corner and bring it into church, the, <laughs> our main church, and uh, Come on. Uh, that's inspiring, and uh, I'm already feeling good. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Thank you. I didn't want to follow that. That was a lot. <laughs> um, my name is Paulina. I've been here. Oh, big fan. Um, I'm on staff here at Calvary. I work with the missions department and the special abilities ministry. And I yes. yes. Um, and I've been going to Calvary since I was about 13, and um, yeah, I got married last year um, to JD somewhere back there. Hi. Um, we met at YA, so go YA. Um, hey. And love marriage. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited to be here. This is out of my comfort zone, but if it can be helpful to you guys, I think it's worth it. So thanks for having me. We appreciate that. Thanks, Paulina. Hi, my name's Allie. I'm, <laughs> I'm a sophomore in college and a student at the Masters University where I'm majoring in biblical studies and I have the hopes of going into either children or student ministries. Calvary's been my home church since fourth grade, so I've pretty much grown up here. A bit about my church involvement now is I co-lead a women's small group through young adult ministries and then I also serve in the children's ministries here on Sundays. Thank you, Allie. Oh, her time. Let me yeah. help you out there. Ah, there we go. My name is Hercos Morrill, and I'm moving. Oh, still off. Still off. Looking at you, Texas. I think it should be good. It's good? Shall we try this again? Trey Megs. You didn't see that. So, my name is Hercos Morrill, and I moved to. California, actually, to Aguana Hills, a little bit over three years ago from New York, where I had lived for 52 years, wow. and uh, where we raised two daughters. My husband died a long time ago, and for some other reason, both of my daughters decided to settle in Southern California. Mm. <laughs> um, one in L.A. Uh, by the way, I'm Swiss, born and raised in Switzerland, and my mm. older daughter uh, met her husband, her future husband, her now husband, who is also Swiss, 
Hmm? Who, who grew up about three blocks from my brother in Switzerland. It's mm -hmm. a small world. And then my younger daughter um, decided uh, she's now uh, living and working in Santa Barbara. And before I left New York, I really, really loved my church back home, as I call it. And I made a deal with the Lord. I said, uh, I will move to California, but you have to have a church ready for me. <laughs> and the first Sunday that I was here, I was going to say, I looked through the yellow pages, but I didn't look through the yellow pages. <laughs> I looked through uh, online, and I came to Calvary. I found Calvary, and I have been mm -hmm. here ever since. Uh, been involved the call. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Magic. Hi, my name is David. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so currently I'm uh, a sophomore at uh, Moore Park College. Um, Harvard on the Hill, let's go. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, here at Young Adults, I help out uh, with a small group I co-lead. Uh, like a college-aged group of guys. I also help out with uh, the worship team here. I play the cello. Um, and outside of that, for work, I'm a youth director at Conejo Church. Come on. Um, and a little fun fact is I was saved uh, summer before eighth grade. Uh, so something God has put on my heart is to just pour back into youth ministry. Come on. Uh, just because I had so many other leaders who were there for me. Um, and now I think it's my turn to pour back. So. There it is. Intergenerational. I love it. I love cello. Man, it's got yes. a voice. You know, it's just something beautiful. I, I'm Dick Thompson, and um, I am the... <laughs> um, I love you guys. Every time somebody says something, you guys clap. Yes. This is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, so I, I am the pastor for Seasoned Adults Ministries, yes. Calvary Community Church. Can I have the uh, seasoned adults just raise your hand that are here? Look Woo! at you guys. Woo! Uh, you know, at, at, at Salt Company, if you come to Salt Company on Sunday, we talk about we are called to be, we're seasoned and we've lived through some seasons of life, but more importantly, secondly, is that Jesus calls us the salt of the earth. Yeah. And we don't get a pass on that no matter how old or young we are, right? So when it, the, the, the seasoned adult folks are walking in here tonight, says, be the salt of the earth. Salt, get out there, spread yourself around, and you've got, you've got a great job of that. Um, so um, my wife, Suzanne, is here, sitting in the back right Woo! there. Um, and uh, my daughter, Julia, is there somewhere. I don't know where Julia went. There, my family is here tonight. There she is, and uh, we're, we're just, loving being a part of the Calvary community and, and what God is doing. And Brian, where's Brian go? Wherever Brother Brian went, I love what you said tonight. And uh, I think something, I'm overstated, but I'm going to go ahead and overstate it anyway. I think something really important is happening tonight. Yeah. Really important. And I'm so glad to be here. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're excited and we're grateful for the partnership that you've you've helped us forge, Dick. So guys, thanks for being a part. We're gonna dive right in and actually heard it. I would love for you to kick us off with the first question. Um, we're gonna be talking about friendship per the series, but for you, um, how have most of your most meaningful friendships started? Like what's been their origin? You know, actually thought about this um, when I got invited to this. And in my case, I have to say, I grew up 
we up in the mountains of Switzerland, and mm. we are way up in the mountains of Switzerland. And there was this elderly lady, very hunched over, and mm. she lived in a hut all the way up uh, by herself, mm. her and her goats. And for some other, another reason, starting at about age four or age five, um, I got very attached to her. Mm. And I would regularly, against my mother's wishes, you have to believe me, I would regularly go and visit her. And she gave me this. Mm. I, I don't remember many of our, that maybe for about four or five years, but she gave me this unconditional love and, mm. and this friendship. And she seemed to understand me. And she seemed to, to this day, I truly have to say that was my most meaningful friendship. Yeah. That I that I ever have, and I really think that part of who I am today, the good part, yeah. is um, <laughs> uh, was because of her. Wow, wow. Uh, I mean, she was just that very very special person. Wow, I love that. It's an unlikely friendship. Very unlikely. Yeah, and nobody even ever went near her. Believe me, there was. No reason to go near that mm. hut ever. Except the know. goats, right? It was really bad, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, as a matter of fact, in the you know back up, uh, winter started in the beginning of September and didn't end until May. And so in the winter, she was putting the goats into the cellar, which was right below her living room. Mm. And there were these planks, the floors, and the steam of the goats would come upstairs oh and gosh. warm her li living room. I mean, seriously. Wow. Right? Very ego-friendly. Yeah. And, I, and, and my, I would come home with my mother. She didn't like goats, and she didn't <laughs> like the smell of goats. So, um, but anyhow, yeah, and she would make me goat milk hot chocolate, which oh I have gosh. never tasted, tasted since, but then it tasted really yummy. Wow. It, it seems like uh, um, when Brian said delight, that was our relationship. We mm. literally delighted each, in each other. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how old she was. To me, she seemed very old. Mm. But I was only, you know, five, four, five, six, seven, eight. And, yeah, but she gave me the greatest gift. Wow. And the gift of, of love and acceptance. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. You, I guess, <laughs> we're going to keep this up. We have the energy for it. But you bring up a great point. Um, another question I would love just open to the floor for you guys is, yeah, tell us about a, a friendship with someone either older or younger than you that you've really delighted in. I, uh, I had a close friendship mm. with, with a gentleman for a long time. Actually, my wife and his wife uh, she's a singer. She prefers classical, but she has a dark side. So uh, they were in, they were both in Sweet Adeline's, and uh, the 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 two of us couples uh, traveled all over for singing uh, concerts and so on. And they were members of our church, and uh, the friendship just grew and. Uh, George 
passed away about two years ago. Mm. He was just a young kid of 83. And um, he, at, at one point, uh, well, his wife had been diagnosed with uh, a terminal breast cancer. And they went over to Hawaii to relax for about 10 days. And uh, Betty and I found out where they were and dropped in on them. <laughs> and uh, uh, the pastor, Sean, had just preached a sermon on David and Jonathan. Mm. And the title of it was, Who's Got Your Back? Mm. And I can remember in the hotel lobby, I wanted them both there because mm. she was worried about what George was going to do when she was gone. Mm. And George had the same concern. <laughs> and uh, I said, told him about the sermon and the message. And I said, George, I'm going to have your back. Mm. And uh, we carried that out earlier. We had George had had a brother who was killed in an auto accident. Um, and so we agreed to be brothers. Uh, we were brothers in Christ, but uh, neither of us had a brother. And uh, we just decided to do that to ourselves. And uh, we just had a, a wonderful time. It was made easier because George was a... Um, deeply loving Christian. He owned a moving company, franchised in the Bay Area, and uh, he began collecting things needed by churches over there. They went to um, a church in Romania, and uh, uh, Susan was had been a nurse, was a nurse, and she wanted to see their laboratory, and uh, they went down, and there was just one dusty microscope there that was it so they went back and filled up two or three shipping containers with hospital equipment wow. and uh, brought it back and in the end since George was in the shipping business he just kept it up and uh, went to medical manufacturers who uh, Hewlett Packard one time sent somebody clear over to um, to India to install one for um, when you're 97, you can have word word forgetfulness. Uh, 87 oh, happens all the uh, time at any age. Yeah, uh, but anyway, You'll see. who was who was the lady, the uh, Catholic nun over there in Calcutta? Mother Teresa. Yeah, Mother Teresa. Yeah. George has a. She said, if you get an extra one of those, she had heard about one being sent to Romania. I'd like to have it over here in Calcutta. And indeed, she was one of the people who used that. And uh, George has a handwritten thank you note in pencil from Mother Teresa. Wow. And I said, uh, one of the last things I said, you take that down off the wall, put it in a safe deposit box, <laughs> and hang a copy of that up. Uh, but that was a deep friendship. Mm. I have other friends I'm a member and uh, of Righteous Brothers, mm. and uh, Can you the tell us Righteous Brothers so is the pastor. Yes, yeah. uh, so yeah. is Dick, and um, we're a bunch of guys—fifteen to twenty of us, sometimes more. 
who are all rather senior. And uh, we've got, uh, it's, it's humorous and it's sad. We've already had our first funeral this year and, oh, and there will be more coming because we've got two or three guys right now hanging on by a thread. But this has been going on for about 15 years. Wow. It's a wonderful group of guys. And they're, they're friends. Mm -hmm. They're not deep, close friends. I guess they are. But uh, um, th th there's a difference in the depth of love. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. love the people in the small group that I was in. Mm -hmm. I see... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm lost here. Uh, okay. Coach Riddell and Cheryl yeah. back there. Love uh, they're in our small group, and uh, they, they just, I love them. They're just wonderful, marvelous people, and it would take another five or ten minutes to me to tell you how great they are. But um, I'll, I'll pass it back. That's yeah, thank you, Ken. Thank you so much. I think it's beautiful to hear just the origin of where friendships can start, just in all those different places and all those different means that you've been blessed by. Um, and I would love, I would love to, to hear, yeah, for maybe some of our young adults of telling, tell about a friendship you have with someone who's either older than younger or younger than you. It could be a current friendship. It could be a different point of your life, kind of like her to a sharing from her childhood, but just something that you delighted in that blessed you. Yeah, I can go. Um, yeah. So at my uh, church, Kaneho Church, it's uh, a bit smaller. And I remember just going there for the first time, and I was just like, shoot, there's only like two young adults here. Like, who am I going to talk to, right? Um, and yeah. like, sure enough, uh, I like strongly believe God placed me in that like, mm -hmm. you know, environment so that I would get to know, you know, the older people there, uh, the more seasoned adults there. And um, over time, I got to, I've gotten to know I have this guy named Len Kurowski, um, and man, I love talking with this guy. Mm -hmm. He's probably in his 70s or so, and he's um, pretty much leading the men's <coughs> ministry there. Uh, but I just remember, you know, going to this, like, men's uh, barbecue and just sitting next to him, and just, he went off just story after story. And that's kind of when I realized, like, you know, sometimes us as young adults, we don't want to get to know uh, seasoned adults because we're like, what are we going to connect on? Like, mm. they don't know about, you know, social media. They don't know about Instagram. Well, some of you guys do. But, like, you know, we have that fear that we won't connect on small talk, right? Mm. But I've noticed that, like, seasoned adults have been through love. They've been through heartbreak. Yeah. They've been through friendship, you know. There's just wisdom upon wisdom. And, um, yeah, I want to say that to you, to you young adults. Like, don't be discouraged if you can't, you know, connect on small mm -hmm. talk, right? Because at the end of the day, we can connect um, on things that are just much more deeper. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you, David. Thank you. Yeah, do you want to jump in? Yeah. This, I think when you said... Um, you know that you felt there were only uh, two or three in the in your small group. I have learned that wherever we go, we were meant supposed to be to, supposed to be there because the Lord placed us there, right? Yeah. 
And sometimes we go into something with such expectation, and mm. then we have, we think we have disappointment. Mm. And uh, other times we go into situations not expecting anything, yeah. and we get the greatest rewards out, out of those. That's true. You know? yeah. And that's even with uh, relationships and, and, yeah. and, and new, uh, just in anything, meeting new people and new places and everything, yeah. I'm probably relating this back to some of the thoughts I had when I was your age or younger that about old people. <laughs> <laughs> now I are one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we kind of look at them as as old people, and we don't think much about them. I'm glad there's a department for them in the church, and they're being ministered to. <laughs> but if you went around Righteous Brothers, there's an old guy in a wheelchair who was a paratrooper in the Korean War. Wow. wow. And he was in a battle where... He was one of the one or two people left on his squad. Wow. He's had a tremendous life. Came back and became an engineer. There's another guy that flew military aircraft off carriers in the Vietnam War. Mm. And then later flew for an airline. But if you saw him, you might not think he's anything but an old guy. Mm. And these guys have all had good careers, mm. some of them uh, in management, some of them not. But they are people who have loved the Lord. Yeah. And they've been around the block a whole lot. Mm. I, I get curious about what some of our old people looked like when they were younger. And I, I've asked uh, in our uh, small group, occasionally for them to bring a wedding picture Aww. so we could look at it and they'll bring that if you get close to someone uh, that's old like that ask them to bring a wedding picture Sweet. they would love to show it off and you will find out that those people were just as good looking as you are what? right now We brought Ken here just to say that. We Chief, had, so hope you received that. <laughs> no, I just want you to recognize that because we had we had lives. I was married, graduated from college, and sworn mm. into the Air Force in one week. Wow. That was that was 1956. Oh my gosh. Uh, now our lives are totally different. My wife's been ill for a while, and I'm kind of a quasi caretaker. And uh, caregiver, not caretaker. Uh, but uh, life comes along and you go through it and all of a sudden you're getting old and pretty soon you are. And you're facing totally different challenges, mm. but you're facing them the same way by faith in God. Yeah. When you don't know which way to go or what to do or how you can handle it, that calm, strong faith... Cause, uh, if we can, I think most of the people are open to establishing a friendship so that yeah. if you're having problems, we're not clinical counselors, but we've been around that block. Yeah. Uh, so 
Can I, I want to, can I piggyback on that, Ken? Oh, please. Okay. Yeah. I, I get to sit with these guys, the Righteous Brothers. Uh, Ken, it's Ken's fault that I'm in there. Um, Amen. Um, a friend of mine said uh, uh, a while back, and this guy is now with the Lord, um, he said, old friends are hard to come by. And I've, as I've gotten up in years, I'm 68, and I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning that. And I'm learning that the, the Righteous Brother guys have been together a long time. Uh, I would say this, that uh, friendships that are going to last, mm. number one, um, in my experience, those, the friendships that endure are common ground in Christ. That's good. Okay? And, that, and that's not automatic. And then... And then with with that common ground, then we work, yeah. and we, we we stay at it. And and uh, and I've had I've had times where my friends that uh, that I've known a long time I met them in college, like where you guys are, uh, and some of those relationships just are gone. They just drifted out to to zero. Yeah. And other ones of them, uh, one in particular, I've had to work at because I really really value this relationship. Because he, when I f- first became a, a follower of Christ, he reached out to me. He, he loved me. Mm-hmm. And let me, can I say one more thing? And then I, I know I, I don't want to, there's a lot of things we want to talk about tonight. Um, but when we talk about the love of Christ, and we talked about this at Salt Company uh, a couple weeks ago, when we talk about the love of Christ, agape love, we are talking about seeking the good of the other. Yeah. It's not talking about feelings. When you are seeking the good of the other the way Jesus, and you're like what Brian Howard was doing at Brian Williams, he was sharing, sharing with us tonight. When I am seeking the good of the other, that tends to make good friends. Yeah. Doesn't automatically result in good friends. I don't want to say that. It's not some formula thing. But this guy poured into me, sought my good, and we yeah. became good friends. And we've been good. good friends for 40, 40 plus years. And it's that common ground in Christ and then working at seeking. What does it mean to seek that person's good is helps sustain the friendship over a long time. And and my dear, dear friends, old friends are hard to come by. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's good. Oh, I'm so sorry. You you could jump in. It's work. You have to work on it. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I think just touching on what you were saying of having good friends and having a lot in common, but your faith too, I think something that I'm like sort of outside of the young adult age now, that's fine. Um, Barely, barely. But some, some friendships too, that sometimes you'll find like all that you have in common, maybe at this point is like history. It's because you've known each other a long time and maybe things that you're you're finding now whether it's your faith journey and it's new and you're realizing wow like I love these friends so much but we're going in different directions and mm-hmm. understanding that that's okay but reevaluating some of those friendships and knowing it's just going to look different sometimes you yeah. when you're with an old friend and all you talk about is the past and it's not about what's God doing now and what do I want to do in the future it's right. more of just like let's just reminisce and you don't have much in common so I think that's something I've learned now in this new season too is reevaluating those friendships and still having great friendships, but just knowing it's okay to not have those friends forever. It might just look different and that's not meant to be, you know, negative. It's just kind of the reality of understanding that you can, you have build depth, I think with your friendships and faith and knowing it might just be different with those other friends and, um, you know, kind of feeding into those relationship if it's warranted, but also knowing that that might just be different. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, please, Ali, go ahead. Well, on the topic of generational friendship, I'd love to weigh in 
on what it looks like to have friendship with the younger generation. Please, yes. I've had the privilege of working with kids for many years now, and I can say that the children that I work with and know are truly some of the sweetest blessings mm. in my own life. And I think they've taught me so much, but it's just to never like limit the lessons I learn to people who are my own age or older. Yeah, that's good. Because every generation has something that's so important and so valuable yeah. to teach you. And in working with kids, I think mm. so often, like when you enter into friendship with a child, you meet the people who are important to them. You meet like yeah. their siblings their parents and their grandparents. Mm -hmm. And so by befriending the younger generation, I can turn you befriend the older generation as well. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. Honestly, you guys, I feel like it's so funny. We, we outlined all these questions and I'm like, you, this is conversation. Like this is, this is the whole entire goal. Um, and I think something cool that you've each touched on a little bit is some friendships don't become sustained. Some friendships do. And even with like, whether it's the younger generation or the older generation, uh, we get to the end of our life sometimes and we're like, all right, how we look around, how did we retain these friends? So I think a question I'd love anyone to weigh in on would be, what practically do you feel has sustained those friendships? Whether it is sharing in that spiritual life together, or if you look at the friends that you're like, I have worked to maintain these friendships, kind of what have been some of those ingredients, so to speak, to that? David? I'll say something about it. I think, um, you know, just with friendships, something that's just so important is our ability uh, to just pick up where we left off. Um, you know, I think that God models that for us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we have seasons, you know, where we, we kind of run away, right? We grow a little distant from him. Um, but think about, like, the prodigal son, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the king, he didn't just sit down in his chair and see his son in the distance. I was like, okay, just going to wait for him to walk down the driveway, mm. right? At first sight, the king just runs down mm. and embraces him, right? He picks up where they left off. And I think yeah. that, like, hey, like, we're young adults. You know, some of us may be going to different colleges. Some of us may be transferring out. People may get job opportunities in different states, yeah. right? Um, but I think, um, yeah, if I had to say something, it's just, like, we have to be able... Uh, to just pick up where we left off. You know, it's it's just so good to just push back, push past any, like, awkwardness or anything and just dive right back into the friendship. Yeah, meeting people where they're at. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's really good. I also think, piggybacking on, off of that, mm -hmm. I think not wanting something from a friendship or seeking something because you're hoping to gain something from it, just Good. being there for them yeah. unconditionally. And I think there's so many layers within that of you know communication and respect and having it not feel competitive, but you genuinely yeah. want them to succeed. Yeah. Um, I think especially in this season of life too, you know, you're figuring out your career, school, you know, whatever it may be, but there's a lot of things that you're looking at your friends and kind of wanting maybe what they have and yeah. and how to be a champion for them and a cheerleader and an encourager and keep them accountable instead of maybe feeling like you're doing those things because you're feeling like, well, I, if I do that, then I'm going to gain from that type thing. Yeah. In turn, great things happen, but I think just knowing how to kind of just show up and, and cheerlead and not always need to compete. I yeah, think it's important. So. That's good. And I do have to say, so Paulina has been a person in my life that has modeled this so well. We used to be roommates, sorry, before JD. What the heck? Um, <laughs> took my spot. But I think you example that. And I think I, it's something I've taken into my own relationships of wanting to come alongside people and cheer people on. So thank you for being that to me. Yeah. 
What if you're a small group leader and someone in your group you're not particularly drawn to? Oh. Yeah, uh, if you uh, yeah. were going to pick a couple to go out to a restaurant and enjoy an evening, you wouldn't call them. Not on the A-list, okay. Uh, no, they're not on the A-list. What is your obligation mm. as to loving them? We're getting back to Dick's definition here. Yeah. For their, for their good and for their benefit. I, you see, these people were in my group, and I didn't particularly care for Bill. Uh, no. I, we're all about honesty in no. church. <laughs> Bring it. He's in, the, he's in the college football hall of fame. Uh, I, I haven't forgiven him yet because I, I, we were teaching on heaven and uh, things that might be able to do in heaven. And I said, I'd like to be a quarterback in heaven. And Bill said, there's some things that even God can't do. Uh, oh, no. And that is friendship. Uh, that is friendship, Herta, you're right. And that is yes. friendship. Truth, truth friend. and grace. Can we give you the mic? Do you want to say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill, do you want to no, come down? No, I just, I think you're going to come upon that. Uh, associates, people, you, uh, they're not on your A-list. Mm. What is your attitude toward them? How do you behave? Yeah. Uh, so on. Yeah. No, that's that's leads into one of our final questions, which is what what does it look like to navigate friendship in the midst of division? I, I know like it's no uh, surprise to us or news to you that the past few years have brought up really big divisive issues, both within the church, outside of the church, COVID, politics, race, all these things that suddenly <laughs> have become so. They are all important, but can be so divisive, especially within the family of God. And whether it's one of those topics or even something else where you just kind of come to find maybe a dislike for someone that you didn't even know was there. Yeah, how do you navigate that in friendship, whether it was a friendship you already had or you're coming into friendship with someone and you go, all right, how am I to love you as Christ would love you through this? So I, I don't have the total answer to this. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a huge question, but a piece of it I think is, you know, and, and Suzanne and I, uh, we have some friends we've known a long, long time, and that's a key. Mm -hmm. We've just got a lot of life together. We've done history, we've shared, shared a lot of life together, and uh, the, the strain of uh, politics mm. yeah. uh, and COVID, <laughs> yeah. COVID and politics have really put a strain on our relationship with them. And uh, we had Thanksgiving, we had Thanksgiving with them. Uh, oh. And, you know, I, I guess that one piece of it I would, I want to say is, and it goes, goes back to taking care of our friends mm -hmm. over a long time. Yeah. What happens is those relationships are so deep and so important. There's so much story there. We're not going to let this other stuff yeah. destroy this relationship. Yeah. We're just not going to let it happen. Yeah. You know? And, and, and we were able to, at one night, uh, we are down there for a few nights, and we were able to actually have a conversation one night about we were able to share our faith. Mm. You know, here's where we are with this, all this craziness going on in the country. We, we, have, a, we, have, a, we have this co deep confidence in the Lordship of Christ. Yeah. And they have really got, kind of got you know, pulled off into the, 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 the fear uh, of things happening. Uh, and anyway, it, the, the history really helps hold the relationship mm. if you're maintaining it over time to get through this kind of stuff. Yeah. As a, just a piece of this. That's good, having yeah. that foundation. Yeah. yeah.
I got one more, and I apologize. Uh, no, Ken. No. This is why uh, you're here. One of the, one of the, this comes from the Righteous Brothers again. That's mm. why I apologize. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Some of it's. I will tell you, it's a very conservative group. Mm. Um, we don't stand and cheer for our current president, and mm. and I'm not saying anything like that. I don't want to get into politics here. It happens to be that every single member of that group is very concerned about our nation. Mm. And one of the things that comes up, we feel a burden for our grandchildren, and we pray for them. Mm. And some of you are grandchildren to some old people like us. And there's been talk. They are concerned. The guys are concerned about what... Teenage, not teenagers, what young people are being taught in college. Mm. And they're talking about Azusa Pacific and uh, Biola mm. and Westmont. And they're not liking what they're hearing their kids come out with. And I've got some of that in my family. Mm. I've got granddaughters and uh, who have some of this teaching and I've, I've had to make a decision. Do I go in and argue with them and maintain a, uh, a and lose a relationship? Because that cuts me off from my great-grandchildren. Mm. Um, and the other, some of the guys feel you have an obligation to state your feelings mm. uh, at least one time so they know where you stand. And there's... I don't know if there are any book answers. There probably are. But um, I have chosen to keep my mouth shut on the subject of politics. Um, and uh, for one, I've never... Uh, I used to be quite all over Facebook uh, writing nasty notes to people. and uh, It'll get you. I didn't have any in. conversions out of it. Um, I, and I didn't have anybody change their mind that I've ever heard of, and I thought mm -hmm. it might be better to point. share the gospel. Yeah. And uh, I just want you to be aware of, of this, uh, and I'm not condemning those schools. I love them. They're fantastic schools. Uh, but uh, we, as grandparents... You are our whole life sometimes, mm. uh, particularly as you, the older you get, the, the deeper our interest is in our children, our grandchildren, our mm. great-grandchildren. And uh, we love them deeply and we pray for them. And uh, one of our discussions, in, even in our small group, uh, was how do I deal with my grandson or my granddaughter? They think this and this and that, and I can't let them go on thinking that. And uh, uh, as I recall, Dottie had uh, deep concerns there. And uh, I think some pastor advised us just let it go. And uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm telling you that exists, and we do love you. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's an age generation thing. And we don't think some things, when you're older, we don't think some things change 
most of us have been in the military. Mm. Uh, I was in the Air Force and quite a few veterans in there. And uh, we just, uh, some of them consider things unpatriotic sometimes. Mm. And these are, one of the questions was about divisiveness. Yeah. And what do I do about divisiveness with my granddaughters if I take one aside and, you know, this cause you're championing, those people are no good. Mm. And uh, uh, I spent, well, I, going to tell you about my years in the FBI, but I'll skip that. Uh, but uh, Next time. No, Next time. I, have, I have opinions, uh, <laughs> but I don't share them. I've, cho mm -hmm. I've made a conscious decision that I love my grandchildren, and I, I, I don't have much else mm -hmm. uh, except my wife, but uh, she loves them too. Mm -hmm. And so I've made a conscious decision, right or wrong, not to discuss politics with them or just keep my mouth shut that's good. Uh, and I don't know whether that's right there are contrary opinions even among the righteous brothers sure thank you for sharing that though yeah I love what you said though and talking about choosing the relationship over you know not making the person you love the enemy yeah. um yeah it will. it will yeah then Allie I'd love to hear from you on this too yeah. yeah I'd love to add I think it's really tricky to navigate at times but I think it's a topic that we can all relate to especially in these past years like we do see um, divide in friendship. And I think a question that like, I like to pose to myself often is, is one of the fruits of this friendship a desire to love more people? Wow. Because when we look in scripture, we do see Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors and having conversations with people who just have radically different values and viewpoints yeah. than he had. That's good. Yeah. And it's like when we enter into those conversations, like it gives us an opportunity to learn it gives us an opportunity to understand, but like yeah. it always gives us an opportunity to listen. Mm. And I just, I never want to like abandon the quality of grace to achieve the feeling of being right. Wow. Because friendship can never be built on the grounds of wanting to debate, it should be built on the grounds of love. Come on. So I think we can all like learn, like we first like have to like cast aside judgment mm. and like first treat them with grace. Yeah. It's hard to navigate, but I do say like, I acknowledge that it's hard, but like I say that it mm. is, it's worth it. That's amazing. Aren't you glad that she teaches children about Jesus? Because I think that's just so hopeful. You're a woman that embodies that. So thank you. And thank you guys. That went by so fast, but we've actually reached the end of our time. So if you guys could just give it up for our panel members. Yes. Yeah. But the fun doesn't end here. Um, Guys, we saved our mingle time for the end because we knew you'd want more. Um, we're going to encourage you now to take this opportunity after service to go find someone you don't know, uh, preferably if you're a seasoned adult, finding young adult, young adult, seasoned adult, you might be here for a while. Um, but we'd love for you to ask them, well, first of all, who they are, get to know them. And then the first question we asked, which is, how have your most meaningful friendships started? And just take some time to listen to that. And then again, as um, Pastor Brian said earlier and Pastor Dick has mentioned, you guys are invited to Salt Company this weekend. So don't miss out. It's 27th this Sunday, 1030, room 1100. It's like right across the main sanctuary. And it's going to be like this, but around round tables and rich and good and sweet. And it's their home. So this is a precious invitation. Um, but yeah, we love you guys. And we hope that you meet someone new tonight. That's why. Thanks for being here. Thanks.